0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and and everyone everyone who loves words. Okay, so (laughs) lately we have been doing something a little bit different with our book club episodes, or just kind of periodically, Um, We have taken a podcast episode and just spent that time talking about what we're each reading, consuming, enjoying. Um, And it's been so fun for us. Yes. (laughs) I love these episodes.
1: Um,
0: So that's what we're doing today. We are going to (laughs) just share some of the things that we've been loving lately and um, some of the stories that we're connecting with. So we get to like geek out on the things we like, but also learn from each other, which is great or find new recommendations from each other.
1: I always love that the the not just hearing about a book but being able to hear like some of the whys and some of the things that connect with that it it not only is a great way to get book recommendations but also to like really connect with oh what like the sparking the interest for me I kind of need a way to a book I don't know about you on that side yeah
0: I definitely jump into books cold sometimes but it's always more fun if i know something about it or know like oh this person loved it or here's you know something that they told me about it or whatever it gets you curious and gets you connecting in a different way yeah absolutely okay so what have you been reading (laughs) I've actually
1: been reading a lot, which has been really fun, because um, right. I did some traveling um, back to Arizona, and so I had books my entire time there, and I'm only going to talk about it a little teeny tiny bit, because I know that you, I don't believe you've read it yet, so um, I did read Emily Henry's Happy Place, and I'm not going to give anything okay. away. Yeah, I but... haven't
0: read it yet, so don't give <laughs> anything away, but I still want to hear everything you thought about. Yes.
1: it. <laughs> Well, and I, I won't give away too much about what I thought of how the story goes, but I, it's, it's a book about friends and it's a mm-hmm. book about friendships that change and that grow and that move and move away and come back and that have challenges. And it's just, I mean, there's also- I love that. Love I didn't realize
0: involved. that. Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> It it's like, I think we've talked mm-hmm. about this with her before too, but I think one of her yes. biggest strengths is writing friendships. Like in all of her books yes. across the board, even the early, like YA ones, like she just does such a go- good job with writing those connections. And like, like the girlfriends in the books are sometimes my favorites of just like the way they connect, the way they talk to each other. It's so good. And it's maybe also because it's something that I'm not going to write. I don't really know how to have friends. so I can't really write
1: it. <laughs> It's it is interesting because I do like watch these and I'm like I want to be friends with the people I know, in this totally. book so, like who do yeah. those things because they do have tons of crazy fun. Like yes. <laughs> which which I mean even if it's not a a this is what happens all the time in the real world, it okay. is fun to read about those type of things where yeah. people are just doing a bunch of Fun and crazy and weird stuff, and where they have that history and you learn it over time. And, and I, it it was a really compelling story about love as well, but a lot of different forms of love and, Mm. and also like tension within those different relationships because sometimes there's, there's the unsaid, the things that can't be really, and there's a lot of, of those things that have to be worked through. So it's like there's multiple relationship arcs in the book. It makes me so excited.
0: (laughs) I've been saving that one for my birthday (laughs) as a treat
1: for myself. It was really it was really one of those I mean I love she's an automatic buy for me. Mm. I there's not been a book of hers that I've read that I did not enjoy. Yeah. Um And I adore her book lovers. Like it's it's probably, I mean, I I never should say this because it is a top book, though. It is one that I love and have reread and enjoyed it immensely. Um, and it only gained things by the reread. Yeah. Um it it just there's a lot of it that also feels like coming home in some ways. And mm-hmm. with a especially with a found family. Mm. where you can be yourself in certain ways yeah. and and that was just a delight and they're they're on location so they're going someplace back that's a little happy place a safe mm. space mm. and it's interesting because and this isn't giving anything away at the beginning they have two characters who have broken up. And no one else in their friend group knows. And they're Uh a tight friend group of Uh six people. So two of them are no longer together. But they have to fake it that they're still together. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That that will be my hook. (laughs) I'll just leave that there. And I love it too. Uh Because it does all that great stuff with forced proximity. and, Mm -hmm. And somehow pretending a certain way kind of forces you to acknowledge how you actually feel, but it also like forces you to, into acknowledging your issues. Like it always has to bring you to a head. And I think there's just something really glorious about that, where, you know, that even though things are going well in this, at this part, there's always that tension of, even if it's going well, are there, there's still bags that need to be unpacked. There's still, ultimate things that led to that um, that right. needs to be through and I I love that the, the characters were just I mean she does this so well as well the characters are just each so distinctive and interesting yeah. and but the way that they find each other also makes perfect sense because hmm. often that's the way life is like <laughs> you know you find each other and you're like hey You know, it's just kind of a beautiful thing about life is Mm. you can be so different from someone, but you find each other and rely on each other and lean on each other and and then you have this friendship for life. And I just I love that. I I love that it felt really true um, Mm. to different points in time in our lives and and having each other and supporting one another. So
0: I definitely agree I'm super excited. I was already excited, but now I'm even more excited. <laughs> Can I, So mm. I also
1: read Allie Hazelwood's. Oh, you Love did. Theoretically,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> like that's another out. one that's on my list. I'm so we <laughs> recording about... this, it came out last week, and that shows like me reading a book that quickly is like it never happens. But I I read it very quickly, and I loved it. <laughs> Um, she's a delight to me like yes. I just love I love these steminist yeah but absurdity and messy and someone who is intelligent but that doesn't mean that they have it all together like right. yes <laughs> totally. I think I think there's something so refreshing about that um yeah. and it's also a fake dating one but she's not fake Yay. dating the main person she's fake dating his brother <laughs> oh I love it okay and it it, there's reasons um Mm -hmm. and I love the reasons like I love what she ends up exploring with that character as well and that those things um Mm -hmm. but it also brings in another like complication for so like what will his family think if she all of a sudden it ends up moving on but it's also enemies to lovers and it's it creates from the from the that the reason for the fake dating brings up all these complications and she's actually she's lied but she's lied as part of the fake dating thing so <laughs> she ends up getting called out but she can't clear it up it's a miscommunication trope though but that makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. she would be she would be giving away information that's not hers to give she yeah. she can't do that and she tries to explain that there's an explanation and the, I think that's one of the only times me. that
0: I can like I mean I can get behind miscommunication yes. it's apparent sometimes and the times that I it works best yes. for me is when there's a really clear reason and I yes. can understand that reason and I can get yes. behind that reason like, when someone has, like, kind of wishy-washy reasons or it's, like, you're just lying. Like it just <laughs> no. bugs me. Or when it's just, Absolutely. like, just to each
1: other, Right, when it's, like, this is a problem that normal human beings, even ones that don't like communicating, would have cleared up months ago. Like, right, right, exactly. But it, this definitely is is it's a lot better and different than that and I I liked that element of it. They're also like in between um, because she's the character is a adjunct professor when we meet her there's emails from like students and parents that that help frame some of the story and it's hilarious like I seriously I wonder since she is also a professor maybe um, the writer Allie Hazelwood, I wonder mm. how many of them are true, like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> what Alan she pulls from. from your life. I need to know this, this is vital information. Uh, um, but it was about physics and just kind of weird theoretical versus experimental scientists like hating each other, it. <laughs> and it's it's uh, she's a delightful mess. The mm. I just I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the characters I so Elsie um, is called a different name at some point like there's a character who does not know her real name and I, I love how she kind of plays with that um, <laughs> there's there's meaning behind some of that um and there's another character who's kind of he's not going by his normal name either and so it creates all this funness um <laughs> which
0: funness. i
1: oh i really like when things are um when there's a logical explanation for things yeah. and yet they're hiding in plain sight yeah, um, yeah. and and that's For me, like, there's another book, actually, that I read here, which is Funny You Should Ask, um, by Elisa Sussman, and she does the same thing, where there's pieces of information in the story that you don't know that you don't have that piece, um, Mm. and then you get it, and you're like, ah, like, it's, it's almost like being handed all of a sudden they widen the, the light or they yeah. shine it somewhere where it's like, you've made an assumption reframed or the character so has made, yeah. yeah, assumption, but we don't know that it's missing. So it's not like yeah. it's obnoxious um, and it's, you know, in your brain, but all of a sudden it's, it's reframed. And yeah. I just, I really enjoy those um, yeah. a lot as well yeah, as kind of that, unique framing mechanism with the the emails or in the case of funny you should ask there's articles that kind of frames the story and that kind of
0: holds back certain pieces um which I like that's cool (laughs) I love Allie Hazel and I feel like each of her books have gotten better and better and so it makes me really excited about this one did you feel like that with this one did you like it better than the other ones or did you feel like it was equal or worse or
1: Yeah, I I liked it in different ways. Like, Uh it's interesting, because I was trying to think about which is my favorite. um, And I don't know. And I think that's Uh actually a good thing. Sure. um, Because I enjoy reading them all. And in fact, I've read um, I've read both The Love Hypothesis and Love on the Brain um, twice. And I I can't tell you which one I like the most, um, wow. it, but I, I love academia, like, yeah. <laughs> like stories. Yeah. Um. There's just something I, I used to work in academia, yeah, you as you know. That. Yeah. <laughs> and so like some of that, I'm like, some of the crazy in there, you're like, it's true. Like <laughs> it's, it's, there's so much crazy that goes on and infighting and like, weird stuff that you're like how does that even happen um power dynamics is kind of under discussion in this one and Uh i'm here for it and um (laughs) i don't want to give too much away but it's it's, I I, i really liked those elements of it and the story is actually she gives an author note at the end and some of this is actually based on true stuff so i'm like I uh, I love that that the mess is not like unheard of. It actually is something that that does kind of harken back to real life.
0: Nice. <laughs> I like when authors take something like that and then like that's real and then kind of expound on it or twist it around or things like that. Yeah. That's yes.
1: Absolutely. And I like that you're talking about
0: the framing thing too. I always love when when writers do that. I'm reading. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm loving it so far. Flawless by Elsie Silver or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Elsie Silver uh and one of the things she does is at the beginning of each chapter there's like a short text message exchange Mm -hmm. between different characters and yes and I just love love it they're they're kind of funny and just set the tone um there's not a ton of new information in them but there is still new information in them or you kind of get like just a little bit more of the dynamics between different different characters and um and you can see how it's it's been a really interesting way to set up character change because how mm. the characters talk about other characters when they're talking to like when she's texting her best friend or her dad or whatever. Yes. Um, how they talk how she talks about the love interest changes over the course of these text messages. And so you really can see kind of that progression in the arc um, really clearly. and yeah, I'm really liking that a lot. But- i
1: I love that. it it's that way to kind of give that more, more information, possibly even exposition, possibly really show clearly change, maybe do a few funny, weird stuff that that really pull your reader through. It's so versatile. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, so (laughs) I also read uh, Talia Hibbert's she also has, she has like the trilogy of, you know, get a life, Chloe Brown, take a hint, oh, yeah. Danny Brown, mm-hmm. and actor H. Eve Brown. And there's a part where there's like different um, comments hmm. that come up on a specific video that goes viral uh-huh. or comments that come up on a hashtag. And it actually tells like what how the public is perceiving something and you know that once once that has died down that something's going to happen and Hmm. so it almost feels like this ticking clock down to something like once once the fervor has died down you know that that's like the end of something and so she did such
0: like it was beautifully done I wouldn't (laughs) have thought of using something like that as a ticking clock but I love that that's very interesting I love that. Yeah. Something else I'm liking about fall is actually too it ties in with what we talked about last week. And she's really, really good at specificity in mm-hmm. characters, like sensation, but also in like what they're doing, like, um, yes. or the like actions or little things. Like, I feel like there's certain things that we, that I see a lot in books, like, like someone running their hand through their hair or whatever, but she's wow. got people like, like I don't know I can't even really describe it but it's so much more specific and detailed in like their facial expressions and the little tiny actions they're making that do such a great job um, communicating what the character's feeling or what they're trying to hide that they're feeling or those kinds of things so I'm really it's a great study for that as well
1: I love that micro expressions are I think they're underrated yeah (laughs) totally
0: I love that (laughs) yeah I want to pick that up now what type of you book should. is it it's a western <laughs> a modern like contemporary western but he's like a a bull rider yeah and she's the publicist nice. and
1: <laughs> I love it
0: <laughs> I was hearing about it everywhere and I was like I don't know westerns aren't really my thing and but I kept hearing about it so I picked it up and it just pulled me like right in from the very beginning so I'm maybe halfway through and really liking it they can be so fun I mean it's not like
1: the thing I jump to first but yeah. but there's something about I don't know maybe it feels escapist and adventure or yeah. just a world that I'm not familiar with there's something just yeah. kind of extra compelling and maybe there's the danger element too I yeah. don't know I like it
0: I don't know apparently like So I've been doing category research Mm -hmm. on Amazon. Different categories that are on the rise. Mm -hmm. Westerns are one of those categories. Yeah, On the rise, people are reading a lot more of them. So, you know, Western romances, I guess. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah. So flawless. (laughs) Go go read it. (laughs) Another one I read recently that that I wanted to Mm -hmm. tell you about because I was so excited about it. Yes. It, It was so random. It was one that, like, I hadn't really heard much about. But um, I mean, like I maybe heard a, a little, but uh, the wrong Mister Right by Stephanie Archer,
1: and Ooh.
0: I loved it. Like it is in one of my top ten for the year. just Really, so happy. Well, okay. First off, you know that I love a bookish character, like yes, oh, a yeah. bookish female MC. Like I'm here Me for it anytime. <laughs> <laughs> or, or she's a writer or like yep. a bookstore owner yeah sign up so- <laughs> give it to me please <laughs> yes so this is a, a bookstore owner so the, she's a bookstore owner he owns the surf shop and is like a professional surfer so nice. you have these very different worlds you know yes. like mr popular and wild like wallflower super Shred, you know like, <laughs> kind of thing which i'm just here for that trope like, me just, too you know, I love it. <laughs> But the way that this author did it, like, it was just, it was funny. Like, I laughed out loud multiple times. I cried. Like, I love when a book can make me laugh out loud yes. and make me cry. And so Absolutely. anything that can manage that, I'm I'm here for it. And it's sort of a, like, um teach me trope, or I don't know, like, the right term for that, but kind of a, <laughs> like, she's almost, I think she's turning 30 or something like that. She's coming up on a big birthday. And so she's kind of like, has, you know, one friend her shop's yes. not doing well. Like she's not dated a lot and she's kind of like I need to turn my life around. So she has this like list of things she's going to do and one of them is become a hot girl and so, so she asked him to teach her how to be a hot girl. It's just, <laughs> it's just funny and it was great. It was done really well where like the author like we're in his head too and so I I really liked yeah. that we got his kind of you, you don't need this she's not already and like you know yeah. she just needs to kind of come out out of her shell a little bit and um gain some confidence and so yeah it, the character arcs were great the relationship was great like mm. i just really liked it it was fabulous
1: i love that can i can i say i love a list like i love yes, I a list <laughs> so if it's okay get a life chloe brown also has a list yeah
0: it's like for her to get a life she needs to it. do these things I love it you it know what it does, does for the reader mm. is it gives such a clear like we know what to root for we know what to yes. work for like we know what we're like what the motivation is and what the goal is and I think yes. when goals can be really clear like that we know if the characters re- reach them or not and it, yes. it just makes it's so compelling it just pulls you in and makes you want to know like is she going to reach this goal or not I mean, goals and motivations for characters are always good, but sometimes they can be kind of vague. And so you can't really yes, measure absolutely. Like, whether or not the characters reached it or if they're going to reach it. And right. a list like just makes it totally clear. I love it. Ab- absolutely.
1: But then you can also fool your readers yes. by all of a sudden changing the list. Yes. Like you, it gives you infinite things that you can do, but it makes us feel like, a little safe that we know the mm-hmm. scope of the story and mm-hmm. you can still do fun things of like changing our expectations at different points yes. that surprise us yeah I am so here for that even just knowing I think it also makes us confident that the author knows where they're going yes like, that's, a great point. that's like a good yes. thing that we're like oh they have made a list yes we know that <laughs> Yes. we have confidence that there's a direction that we're going in that they know where it is that they'll, they're going to get us to a place
0: <laughs> it's just, which is that's so true i can't tell you how many stories i i start in dnf because it just feels like the yes. author is meandering or they're just right. like going off on bunny trails or don't really know where they're headed and it's I don't know. I don't see it. That's why I yeah. DNF those books. I, I, I just one of those that felt like that that I read recently. Well, I didn't finish it. This is one of my DNFs. Um, yeah. But, Tucking around, which has been all over the place again. Sports rem- romances are also on the rack. Yeah. So Absolutely, checking out all the popular books, especially hockey. Yep, that, this is <laughs> the hockey one. Pucking around. Yep. Yep. And I read the novella that goes before it called that one night and i loved the novella it was great it was so good um it's super steamy but it's it's wonderful yeah but pucking around was just like she's i don't know i felt like she i would feel like she was going somewhere or she'd set up some some desire or some stakes or like something that was yes. like oh no if this happens and that's going to be bad and but then she just like resolved the stakes and put up new stakes or a new obstacle and yes. then just resolved that right away and it was just like you're just all over the place i feel like this book yes. is just it's just sex. Like, that's why everybody talks about it. (laughs) (laughs) It It all over the place. Like, it's so popular. I see it all over TikTok. I see it all over Instagram. Like, and I just couldn't finish it because the plot was just so bad. Well, and it was very clear. Like she, her strengths, like I loved the characters. Her strengths are things that worked really well in a novella because she didn't need a lot of plot in a novella. Yeah. And, she's really good at like writing characters that are compelling and things. So, and doing that quickly. So novella, perfect. But in a full length novel, you need a lot more than just some hot sex and some characters, people like, you know, like I think you you need some plot, you need to be going somewhere and you need those stakes. Like if you, if you give the reader a stake, like if this is going to happen, it's going to be horrible. You can't just the next chapter be like, oh yeah, well, it's actually not that bad. Right. (laughs) And oh, I'm going to do this anyway. You know, like You need to actually have that stake pay out off and have it either come to fruition and have it be as bad as the character thought, yes, or like drag out that tension and make it the worry of that, like go on for a while instead of just resolving the tension all the time. Yes, it was a very interesting book, though. I learned a lot from that book, (laughs) like, or from reading half half of that book.
1: I I think that's a great point with tension, like, you can resolve. Things you have to have something pulling you through at all times, and that cannot disappear. Like, there, you can't have everything disappear so that all of a sudden you don't have that. If you have the main stakes, you can have small stakes that resolve themselves. Absolutely, you can have the characters make stupid decisions or yeah. ignore the consequences but you can't have no consequences when they when they yeah. do that like they have to feel repercussions if, yeah. if they truly do something where they just ignore the stake like you have to show why it's real yes you have to show why well, yeah, the reader starts no, no. believing that it's
0: not actually a stake <laughs> yep. if the characters I mean in this in this case like she did do something very interesting, which did pull me through the first half. But mm-hmm. so, okay. <laughs> do you want to hear about it? Sure. I liked <laughs> yeah. it. very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. This was one that was very interesting to dissect. But she has three love interests, and it's it is a why choose or a like reverse harem kind of oh, book. Yeah, yeah. But she staggered them, which and that provided some very interesting tension through the beginning. So mm, she has yes. the character get together with one and so that satisfies all those readers that just want spice right away right mm-hmm. like. Okay. Um and then she drags out like you have kind of this slow slow burn tension with one of the other ones and the third is like kind of not even really on the scene yet she knows about him but you know it's not really like they're mm. developing and so then when the second one gets together then the third one starts to like there starts to be some tension and some more yeah. chemistry there and so like you get that kind of you get a slow burn at the same time as you get spice all throughout which was fascinating to me and kind yes. of brilliant um but by the middle of the book she's with all three guys so yeah it like resolves all of that tension is like yes. just done. <laughs> And the main, like, the main stakes that she kept talking about were things like, well, no one can find out about this. We can't, Mm -hmm. you know. But then she's, like, kissing them in public and stuff. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. (laughs)
1: Oh, that is a great point. When they don't even believe their own stakes.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: the story has to always buy into its own stakes. And when they stop taking it seriously
0: then the reader starts taking it stops taking it seriously i mean it's it's james scott bell's whole thing of like the stakes have to be death, even if it's just like not getting you know you're stupid whatever the seinfeld example you know like it has to feel like death to the character even if it's stupid it has to feel like death to them and this just didn't feel like death to them like it just felt like whatever um yeah yeah. so it, it was interesting to see like I'm still like I'm still trying to wrap my brain around why this book is so popular, and really all I can come up with is sex. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> especially if that's written well, though I
1: think yeah, I she think did well with
0: those types of scenes. So yeah. I think things like
1: that can overcome a lot of stuff. Yeah, I I do think that in in we have examples of that being enough. Yeah, to pull someone in and keep them and i i think it's okay to like recognize that 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 may not be what pull you in and yeah. keep you like, like sure. i'm here for the story as well as yeah. it. um but but i do think that there's some people who do read for different things and i do yes, think that that's true. that that might be scratching that itch like so to
0: speak it's interesting i think it's best though and you can give reader all of it you know and oh, you can give them yeah all of what they, like, you can give them story. You can, if, if spice is what they're looking for, you can give them spice or, you know, like you can kind of fit those, which actually leads me to another book I read, which was fascinating. Okay. This is not a fiction book, but (laughs) (laughs) it's nonfiction, which, you know, I typically avoid, but if I'm going to read nonfiction, I'm going to read like a craft book. So this was like part craft book and part marketing book. It's called the seven figure, seven figure fiction. It's how to use universal fantasy to sell books to anyone. And it was so fascinating because, I mean, you you know, I've been asking this question for a long time. Like why do certain books make it? Like why do certain books get so popular and blow up? (laughs) Like, yeah, and yeah, okay. There's certain things like that you can kind of point out like, well, that had a lot of sex in it and sex sales, you know, but beyond that, I want to know like lots of books have lots of sex in it like that's not enough like what is it that makes certain books rise in the charts and this author like basically the premise of how she started this nonfiction book was that she had written a bunch she'd written a bunch of books that all did fairly well um but then she had one finally take like make it to the top page in amazon and like not even just the top of her category like top books period. Um, And she was so confused. Like she was upset about it because she couldn't figure out why that book made it to the top and not these other ones. And she hadn't really, like, she didn't think she had done anything different. She had written that one super fast on a vacation. Like it hadn't even put as much time into it as the other ones didn't market it differently than the other ones. So why did that one make it? And Mm. she was kind of just like talking through how she processed that. And basically started talking about this idea that there are fantasies that are kind of social universal fantasies that we have that if you can tap into those with your book, mm-hmm. then you can, um, like that's when those books take off. And I'm still like not sure I totally buy it, but I'm still really yeah. fascinated by it. It's very interesting. um and she was talking about things like, like, well, for one example, I've kind of wondered, I mean, I've been reading a lot of alien romance, and so, yeah, almost across the board in alien romance, you have this abduction trope, and yeah. it like there are times and and you often have this like alpha male who kind of just comes in and and yeah. sometimes you get the like abduction within someone rescuing them. I mean, you've got like captive of the horde king and stuff where the love interest is the one doing the abducting or taking yeah, you know, like absolutely. so you also have that a lot. And I, I'm mm-hmm. always kind of like, why is this so appealing? And so she was talking about like. Being in her kitchen with her kids yelling and trying to make dinner yeah. for people who are not going to appreciate it, and like this idea yeah. of how it is kind of a universal fantasy to have someone sweep you out of your normal everyday That's... life and out of your world and just like devote themselves to you, you know. Like, <laughs> All right, yeah, I can get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and when like, you Hades... that, it does something like psychologically. Yeah. Um, it was just Hades really fascinating. right?
1: Like what's that? Hades and Persephone, right? We've been telling that
0: story for (laughs) how long, right? How long? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and she talked about like some of these stories that are really, um, yeah, that are old. I mean, she talked about Beauty and the Beast and kind of this, um, yeah, it it just was a very interesting book and I'm still Mm -hmm. kind of processing it. I think one of the things that frustrated me was that it felt like she, She kept saying that universal fantasies are different than tropes and that tropes, like universal fantasies are the why behind the trope, Mm. which I kind of get. But then when she was breaking things down with examples, it felt like she was just talking about tropes. (laughs) And so then I was like, yeah. And she didn't really provide a list of universal fantasies. Like she kind of just talked about some and then Mm. encouraged authors to kind of make their own. But I was like, how do I know if my list is a universal fantasy and not just a fantasy of mine? You know, like um, because I do think there probably are fantasies that are cultural and that are societal and they are universal. um, But there's also fantasies that are just individual or like a very small subset, you know, like, so how do you tap into those ones that are universal to sell those massive number of books is what I want to know. But something that I've been processing as I continue to process it is like, I've kind of been thinking about it in a framework of the Enneagram. Like, Mm -hmm. so each of the Enneagram types have these core needs or these core wants that they want. And so now I'm thinking like, okay, how can I tap into these core Enneagram needs because Mm, even if they're not universal they're at least like universal to that type And that makes sense. You're
1: at least clicking in I I completely agree with that I think that's a great way of looking at it and and I would think that those fantasies could rise and fall depending on what has trends like what trends and what is kind of like are we satiated on and then kind of goes dormant again I that's the other thing I'm really thinking
0: of. I'm sorry I'm getting I, off topic no no go
1: but. for it I I think this is great I'm here for it
0: I <laughs> really want someone like to do extensive research on the rise and fall of certain trends like certain yes. book trends like tropes yes. and genres and categories and subgenres and I want to see it like graphed out at least 100 yes. years maybe more and compared I that. and I want that compared with other social economic political events like okay so wars famines pandemics like yes elections like i i feel like there has to be a pattern there like i know there's a pattern i can't find it and i want to know what it is and i know like lots of people say like (laughs) it's totally it's lightning strikes you can't predict the market blah 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 but i'm sorry i don't buy it i just don't like To some extent, sure. There's just luck involved and certain books make it and that makes other books in that genre make it or, you know, like people want to write happy books or whatever. But I still think there's, there is some correlations here that I don't know that I haven't seen or been able to find any clear research on. Yes. And I just, I want that research. (laughs) I
1: I would be here for it as well. And (laughs) I, I think getting into the psychology of why is always a wise thing to do because- there is information there that i think mm-hmm. even just by starting to ask the question yeah, of what it yeah. is that is why does this sell why is this person always on the best sellers list and and what is it that people are reacting to and what is it that yeah exactly like, that gets them to take action i that always makes me really intrigued because i know that for yeah. myself There's certain things that I'm like, I have no desire to take action on that. Or I'm like in between on that. But there's certain things that every time I will take a certain action, I am like trained, like Pavlov's dog, to like (laughs) react to the the bell. Yeah, Focus characters. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean lovers. Like, and if they signal that it's a bookish character, like yes. i I'm like, yes. like, give me, give me yesterday. <laughs> I, but sometimes, like those things are buried. So it's yeah, even yeah. even if you have them, it I do think it comes back to a little bit how they are presented. And can yeah. they, at a glance, figure out that that's what you're doing? Because I do yeah. think that there's some books I've read where it's buried or they promised something and it wasn't there or mm. i realized that it was something that i'm like yes like why didn't i know right. that it was this right and and i do think the how we get the information out might be similarly important um yeah to what it is that the book contains yeah and I wasn't even thinking about this, but I'm, I will say it. Um, so as I was going through the books that I read, yeah, I was reminded why I picked up, um, get a life by Chloe Brown. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I saw it multiple places. Obviously yeah. people have, are, yeah, you know, I've seen it for a while. It's been on my list
0: for yeah. a while, but I haven't picked yeah. it up yet.
1: The reason why I picked it up was the cover. Um, so I was for two reasons. So, um, Helen Huang did, uh, who I love, did a little thing on it, um, you know, a quote on that she liked it um, saying that, you know, it's absolutely charming, a a flawless balance of humor, heat, sweetness and depth. And I loved every page. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's a really great, cute picture on it. And there's a cat. And I it's not that I love cats, but like there was something that I'm like, I really liked that there was difference, that it, it was intriguing, it asked me questions, you know, it brought up questions. And it also was like, love wasn't on her to-do list, which something, like she took, and on each one it's there in some ways, mm. she took little things about the book and put it on the cover or the, the cover ar- artist did. Yeah. And like the last one, which I'm in the middle of reading, which is um, actor your age, Eve Brown. It says she's sunshine, he's serious. They're enemies. Dot dot dot. For now, and you're like, I am here. It's I'm such in a, one. Such a I'm... great
0: premise in so few yes. words. I
1: love it. Absolutely, but but it's it's interesting. Like it's not it's not giving it to us in the the exact language that we hear it, but yeah. we know what trope we're getting. We're like, oh yeah. yeah, like I'm here for sunshine and a grump. Like I'm yes. here for that. And obviously after reading the first one, it was so much fun and such a delight. I went right into the next one and I'm doing the same with this one. They're sisters. She does such a great job of linking that in. Mm. And we talked about Bridgerton um, a ways back and how I think the first three books didn't take advantage of those things of like drawing you through, of setting up the next book in advance this one or even introducing you well to the character who is going to be the star of the next book yeah like this one did a great job of just giving you hints of the next person I love that and yeah (laughs) this last one she she loves I mean she she has a lot of malproposms where she says a word and she really means another <laughs> one and and everyone calls her I on it and that. I'm like, I am here for that. Yes. She has characters that are neurodivergent. Um mm. uh in, in um after age uh, Eve Brown and um she has someone who a character who has high anxiety and take a hint and I just I am here for it. It's yeah. funny it's weird. And she does a great job of tapping into those tropes, but also signaling to you that she's going to be doing it. Yeah. Um, even just on the cover. And I just thought that was
0: brilliant. That's so true. Like that's such a great point about, it's not just about where we market or like
1: mm-hmm.
0: even how we market, but the the language that we use and are we setting up the reader for, to know kind of what, what to expect and to pull them in by the thing, like by signaling that it has what they want, yes. essentially, yes. or that <laughs> will feed that. Itch or, or this itch is for itch, you. Like, feed, <laughs> feed that hunger. I don't know,
1: <laughs> but ab- absolutely, because I think there's certain things that we're kind of insatiable for, and yeah. we're like, "Where's the next one?" I will get. Like, "Where's yeah. the next enemies to lovers?" And I do think that using every little place within your influence any part that you can yeah to show exactly what is in it like Mm -hmm. the detailed language the this is the flavor of the thing that you're going to be imbibing um i think sometimes we we do those as an afterthought rather than thinking of them as that those really boiled boiled down to the specifics, not boiled down to the generalities. I think yeah. sometimes we almost get that backwards. Yeah, yeah. But we really want the essence. Like, what is the essence? What is the flavor that we're getting? And mm. why? Because yeah. we have so many books that we could pick up, realizing that you're, you're not just in competition with everything that's coming out right now. Like, you're really in competition for attention for yeah. someone. Yeah. And giving them all the reasons why of like, this is for you. Like, mm-hmm. It's it's well worth that time and effort.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think putting that on the cover is a great idea. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I'm sure we have more. Yes, <laughs> we should wrap but up. that's Okay. <laughs> Until next time. And then yes. We'll talk about more books. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us so much. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a review and let people know. And we hope that you keep reading all kinds of different things and keep writing and putting your work out into the world.